the Academy Award-winning director, Steven Soderbergh. Brett Favre claims not to know what a podcast is. If you know I have a podcast, Brett. Did you know that? Um, no, you don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> Reggie Wayne, Brett Edward. I had a, a, a pet snake mm-hmm. by the name of Law. I'm not a snake fan. I don't like snakes. Buy the snake in the house. I get a, a, a text on my two-way. Law dead. <laughs> Chris Cooley threatened to prank call me. Tyson, how are you? This is David Dunn. Got you, Tyson. No, you didn't because I'm recording this thing right oh, now, no, dude. No, no. This You're is the, the podcast. Uh, You're the Andy best. Reed did not call Tim Tebow last night. <laughs> too much. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast. We are post-July 4th back in the Culver City studios at the National Football League Network getting set uh, for the final throws of summer before we throw ourselves into a National Football League season that essentially begins when training camps open um, for many teams on July 24th, um, including the Dallas Cowboys who are going to be opening up here in Southern California in Oxnard, California, and uh, the network, I don't know if I'm telling any tales out of school right now, is getting our plans set for that. Um, I will be there uh, on Oxnard, California, uh, for the opening of Dallas Cowboys training camp. I'm very excited about that particular show as inside training camp begins to uh, get set uh, on NFL Network uh, from July 24th on, and, and we're off and running. And I am back from vacation. Good to see you, Chris Brockman. How are you? Good to see you, Rich. Eisen. The late tech salesman is where? Not here. He, he's not here. He's on a site survey. Site survey. A site survey. He's surveying a site. I don't even know what that means. So, I, I mean. He tries to tell us he's going on these site surveys, but he never actually explains what they are. Right, right. Alex right. Wilk is back. Do you know what they are? Uh, I'm not entirely sure what this is about, no. The latex salesman in training, Alex Wilk. Good to see you, Alex. Good to, good to be here. And for the record, this is not a repeat. This is a different site survey. He left, came back. Still doing site surveys. He started surveying. Yeah. And then I do believe uh, the week the training camps open, he told me it's his final week of vacation. Of course. He's, and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, it's incredible. I mean, I mean you and I were both on vacation last you week. You I staycation. I was in Nantucket, uh, Massachusetts. Oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, it's just beautiful part of the country. Just a beautiful part of the country. Great for kids. Great for families. Yeah, it was just it's, awesome. It's great. It's like a walking polo sport. <laughs> uh, well, the interesting thing is, there. is that you know I'm walking around um, July fourth, July fifth, and all you see around in Nantucket, which is you know this cobblestone streets and right. all these beautiful. Um, I mean, it's about as old New England as old is, New England it is. Gets. It is. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, there's all those widow walks uh, on top of these beautiful ancient homes and these small cobblestone streets. And um, my son, Xander, age almost five, won he won he won a uh, um, a watermelon eating contest. He did. He did. They closed down Main Street in Nantucket on July 4th. Go Zan. And they had all sorts of things for kids. And it was a zoo. There were so many I, families I there. I imagine. And we walk up, and there's this table that's right in the middle of the street that's shut down, this cobblestone street. 
and uh, and they they had watermelon eating contests for all different ages. Four to, and it was the four to seven group, and my son, uh, unbeknownst to him and me and my wife had been training for this his whole life <laughs> at this point, right? I mean, look, I've been over to your house for Sunday dinner. We have watermelon. He yeah. throws it down. He does throw it down. He throws right? it down. Exactly. <laughs> Sundia, as we call it here in Southern California as well. And um, so uh, he, um, he's he been training for it his whole life, and he wins his heat. Oh, they had heat. Yes. Wow. <laughs> they, had, they had four to seven heats. age bracket heats. watermelon eating He heats. won his heat. And was uh, told that he should come back a half an hour from that point for the final. Did he get drug tested in <laughs> in between? Like the uh, I I I will admit this now. Um, I did give him a burst of deer antler spray oh, earlier rich. that morning. Oh, um, you know, I'm a competitive guy, of course. Um, but at any rate, so he, he comes back for the final, and it's now him and four other kids standing there. For the final of this competition of the, the water quality contest, and uh, I am standing behind him, and I got to be honest with you. I mean, again, he's just—he's almost turning five. He went. He did a little bit of soccer already, right? But he's of the age of the ball rolls past his feet and he watches it go. Of course. All right. He's not there yet. My heart is thumping in my chest. <laughs> You're more nervous than he is. My heart is thumping. <laughs> I want this for my son. More than anything I've wanted for my son. Okay? And the prize, the winning prize, is a watermelon. Okay? Why wouldn't it the be? The last it's thing you'd want at that point. It is because it's a huge ass thing to be carrying around for the rest of the day. <laughs> right. It's not a prize. It's a burden. It's a burden. Because I've got another kid, right? I've got uh, my, my younger By son. By the way, the watermelon probably weighs more than your kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't want the watermelon, but I want him to win. Right. Because he, you know, and there he's standing there with his big eyes. And um, it's now time to go. And the contest, what you have to do is you have to eat the entire red part down to the green, down to the rind. Right. And first one to get it down, like there should be no red left, is what they're saying. So that's one piece. It's not like the hot dog eating contest. No, where it's just a slice. Just just again, he's, this right. is four to seven. One slice, out. Out and done. First one Exactly. Wins. It's not like Kobayashi. Right. It's not like as many as you can eat. Right. It's like whoever finishes the red part wins. And then you have to raise your hand and stick your tongue out so you, they look in your mouth to see you're not cheating okay cutthroat so seedless watermelon i assume no 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 it's just you just you know caution of the wind here so off we go and he's chowing it down girl to his left raises her arm first and sticks her tongue out and i look down (laughs) and i see there's a lot of red left here Now, I'm stuck with this issue. What do I do as a parent? She's just five. I don't want the watermelon prize. But this is wrong. This is wrong on its face, isn't it? Am I wrong? Mm-mm. I'm not wrong. Not no. wrong? No, no. This you just don't want to be a watermelon dad. I'm that dad, though. You I'm went, becoming that dad. You went hockey dad mm-hmm. at a watermelon eating contest. Well, I've, uh, let's just put it this way. I, I strolled up to that crossroads. <laughs> Took a look around. <laughs> you know, because you never know. It could be there's the NFL Network guy right. being an a- 
to a five-year-old girl because she didn't finish her watermelon all the way down to the rind. Just so his kid could win a freaking watermelon that's like, what, four bucks? Yeah. Right? Maybe more. Maybe per pound. I don't know. Yeah. And no, I'm, but what am I going to do? I, I've, got a, I've got a stroller. Where am I putting this thing? Well, you're going to hold your other son and put the watermelon well, I mean, in where the stroller. Am I, where, the, I would be strolling a big piece of fruit around Nantucket. Absolutely. And it's cobblestone streets for hours. Yep. Yes. That's what I would be doing. And so, you know what I said? Here's what I said. And I'm like, go, Xander. And I said it out loud so they could hear, the, the judges could hear, eat all the red right down to the rind. That's what you're supposed to do. So I'm rooting him on while, while passive aggressively. <laughs> it's a savvy move. It's a very savvy move. Attempting to get the judge's attention that this young girl has not followed the rules. She's not followed the rules. Well, what was the judge situation like at this thing? It, it, it was like a Pepperidge Farm commercial. Okay. Like ladies who, who are, who are uh, deep into their 70s. Yeah. All right. I let it pass. It's over. She won. She got the watermelon. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> look, on the, look on the parents' face when they realized they had to tote this thing around. Oh, my Lord. But the reason why I brought all of this up, I guess, to begin with before I went off on this tangent is I looked around uh, and there were state police everywhere. State police everywhere. And I thought this might have been um, something to, you know, post- marathon Boston marathon type security right on a national holiday in New England alas that's not what it was Secretary of State John Kerry had in fact pulled into town and that was a whole big wow. to do as you know because Egypt was exploding and he's out on his yacht <laughs> and I can personally attest that man was in town because <laughs> everyone was talking about it, and state police was everywhere. He's been taking a lot of heat for that. A little bit. A little bit. You know what? When the Arab Spring in year three is completely exploding, you know, then mm. you're, uh, you're, you're doing a three-hour tour. But, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this was all going on. And, of course, the main topic of football discussion was Aaron Hernandez. Up in the New England I'm sure area. you must have got stopped all the time. People, it asking. was it was that weekend too that everyone was that, that was when the jersey exchange right went down, and um, since we have last spoken on the podcast, all the arrest warrants have come out. A lot of crazy information coming so out. So many documents. Bob yeah. Kraft spoke with Ron Borges of the Boston Herald. Yep, uh, to have his one-on-one -on -one conversation with with with. Uh, um, a hard-hitting skeptic in the Boston area, as Ron Borges is. Yes, he is. And, um, and Bob Kraft saying, I was duped. I was duped. If all of this is true, I was duped. And then you see all of these arrest warrants that have come out, and you've, I don't know how this is not true. Now, what's in an arrest warrant and what is admissible in a court of law and what is adjudicated in a court of law are completely different beasts. Completely different as to what a judge will allow in, as to the way things are portrayed in cross-examination, expert witnesses are called in. Mean, we're seeing this right now 
in the uh, Zimmerman trial right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas a year and a half ago, things looked open and shut, and regardless of how you see it, I mean, now that it's in a court of law, yeah, you I, never know when I, it's in the I, hands year, of a jury a what, what now, it's going to be. When this trial's underway, who knows? Which you assume this has to go to trial. I know that there's a date um, in June, July 24th, I believe, where that's the next date that Hernandez appears in court where there has to be, uh, where I guess all the evidence is, is laid out mm. and um, the judge will decide whether there's enough to go to trial. I think that that is open and shut for sure. But that's, I mean, some of these the items... Kind of, uh, standard as, you know, a jury trial. That's just, you know... It's enough to go to court. No, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. the ju- I mean, let me get the exact uh, phrasing here. Uh, a probable cause hearing is what they're calling it. A probable cause hearing. And I think there's enough evidence there for that. Well, I think that's open and shut. But, you know, the, the most damning, not to go through all of this stuff with a fine-tooth comb, but, you know, we have people here who do that. Uh, and for you, here on this show, as you know, we don't really get too legal ease here. Um, but the few things that jump out at you is when the police first knocked on his door, basically to say, to investigate what's going on with Odin Lloyd and how he knew him, Hernandez said, what's with all the questions? Shut the door. And then opened it up again and handed a card to a lawyer, which is, by the way, his legal yeah, right of yeah. course. to do that. Absolutely. But these are the things that when you read, you're like, okay, because he didn't ask who died. Right. And when right. If somebody's knocking on your door and says, we're here to investigate a killing, and we want to ask you some questions about it, he doesn't say who died. And this is when the plain... English of an affidavit tells the story mm-hmm. certainly the way that the you know a police officer writes it in the report of the 156 pages of court records released Mr. Hernandez did not ask officers whose death was being investigated Mr. Hernandez's demeanor did not indicate any concern for the death of any person that's the one for me that yeah. was. that's the one. it's like okay any concern for the death of any, any person per- anyone doesn't matter who died. And then, you know, uh, they, he, he does a few minutes later come out and say, all right, I'll, I'm going to go to a, I'll go to the police station. I'm cooperating. Girlfriend's going to drive him. The cops speak to the girlfriend who, upon hearing that uh, it was Odin Lloyd who died, she breaks into tears because she knows obviously who he is, the boyfriend of her sister. And... And all the stuff begins to hit the fan. Yeah. Because they find the, the, the tire tracks that were at the scene of the crime, the same tire tracks of a car that he rented, the Nissan Altima, I guess, mm-hmm. that Enterprise found a bullet in that matches the caliber of bullet that was used to kill Odin Lloyd. It's also the same caliber of, of bullet that they found in a flop house that... Uh, one of the guys who was apparently on this ride with Lloyd and Hernandez, there were two other guys, um, a fella in Florida who they picked up. Yep. Ernest, who's been who's been Ernest Wallace, who's been charged with accessory after the fact, and uh, then this fella Carlos Ortiz, 
who is singing right now. Well, he's the one who, who said that, according to him and these affidavits, he was in the car when Lloyd, Wallace, and Hernandez got out at what was eventually the murder scene, the crime scene, at that spot to go relieve themselves. And he he was- fell asleep awakened by gunshots that other people in the area have corroborated they also heard within the time frame that ortiz said they were all there and video shows an altima driving in at the time and shows an altima driving out four minutes later and video showed that altima leaving with the four guys from hernandez's house prior to all of that and then after all of that showed the altima come back with three guys Although, if I'm not mistaken, he's he's also saying that he didn't he didn't see what happened. Well, he didn't he see what happened. Again, this is yeah. what I'm talking about as to what is in these affidavits mm-hmm. and these warrants and what will be brought up in a court of law. That nothing in these affidavits is a conclusive, open and shut story of that Aaron Hernandez pulled the trigger and somebody died as a result. But all of it in total, looks terrible for Aaron Hernandez. Indeed. Yeah, his involvement at the very least. I mean... So, I mean, that's what everybody was talking about in New England. And when training camp opens, Belichick, who has not made any comments on this publicly yet... I doubt that he will. Oh, I think he's gonna. You know, he could do, which is the annual right of all NFL coaches at training camp is using the I only talk about players who are here line, which is the line that's used when somebody's holding out. I don't talk about holdouts. I only talk about the guys here in camp. Now, Belichick may say he's a player that was on our team, that we made a decision. We we cut him. Nobody should be – and that's what Bob Kraft said, that they made a decision that if even if anybody has done something to be arrested for something like this. Immediate. Over. They're not going to wait to see – what happens right. in a I, court of law. I would suspect that Bill would give that type of statement and then that's it, that's over. It, that's it. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get very no. uh, rhapsodic not and enough. reflexive about no. the decision-making of the organization and did he see anything from Aaron Hernandez, right. but that will be an interesting press conference uh, similar to one that we, <laughs> you know, but that we uh, uh, broke down a few weeks ago. The famous Tebow press conference. Well, that one was more fun. Obviously, just Tim Tebow being on a team is one thing, and talking about that this was, is another. That was another. the same week all this started, was it, <sighs> wasn't Lord. it? Well, this happened, uh, I guess, June 16th yeah. is when it happened, and Tebow was, uh, I believe, or just a, yeah, a few days, a few days before. Mm-hmm. A few days before that. Yep. And um, so, long story short is... Um, this is going to be something to be talked about at the outset of training camp, and then it's over for the Patriots. And then we'll go back to fixating on Tim Tebow, who, again, I think, on the football side of things here, has an opportunity, if he does want to try to stay with the Patriots, an opportunity to try something other than play quarterback. And, again, the caveat that I always mention with this is anybody who's out there, me included, Anybody tells me I can't do something, shouldn't do something, I'm going to tell them to hell with you. Or, or as Tebow might say, to, to heck with you, to H-E-double toothpicks with you. <laughs> you know, 
I'm going to do what I think is best for me and I what I'm a quarterback and et cetera, et cetera. If he's going to sit here and stand, I'm going to be a quarterback, uh, the Patriots, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Patriot, I will. rarely keep three quarterbacks. Yep. I mean, last year they, they, had, had, they had three good ones and let one go. Right. Because Brady is going to play every snap. Yep. Period. End of story. And if he doesn't, there's something catastrophic or they're already up by so much and they never take Brady out of a game even when they're up by four scores. Not even in, during the blowouts. They don't. So what's the point of having Tebow on this roster unless he's going to do something other than play quarterback? And if the way this is going right now with Gronkowski, the five top receivers on their team in terms of receptions, gone. Gone either gone from the team or, in the case of Gronkowski, injured and questionable to be playing at the outset of the season. Woodhead, Brandon Lloyd, Wes Welker, Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski. Those were your top five receivers in terms of numbers of receptions for the Patriots in 2012. Now here's 2013. The only one that's sitting there on the roster is a guy who's had a gajillion back surgeries. And forearm. And a forearm issue. Hey. All that said, as I mentioned last week, I still think they win 10 games. But that's what's going yeah. on here. Um, and uh, another story as well that happened on the day of this taping is uh, Matthew Stafford getting a new contract from the Detroit Lions. A big one. A big fat one. He had two years left on his deal. And uh, next year is carrying a, a cap number. Um, $19.3 million. So this new deal is going to save the money, the Lions, uh, the Lions money over the cap the next couple of years. And he's locked up through 2017. $53 million in new money. In new money. How many career wins? 17. <sighs> I did a little math, Rich. Do the math. $4.89 million in per win. Mm-hmm. If you count his $41 million signing bonus from his first contract, if you take all the guaranteed money, it's about $83 million. He's on pace for his career. Uh, a lot of other reports have done the math. He could he could earn $200 million by the time it's all over because he's going to be a free agent wow. when he's 29. Yeah, he's one of the young guys. He came in when he was really And he young. also had all for you as a four-year starter, too, mm-hmm. at Georgia. And uh, I'll tell you what, the Lions the Lions are looking at the landscape. And, and we've discussed this many times in this podcast before in the same way that the Chiefs looked at the landscape. Best quarterback that was available for the Kansas City Chiefs for Andy Reid to come in and start moving forward was Alex Smith. Correct. It's sort of like real estate. It's just like location, location, location. What is the best home for the location and if you, even if you want somebody else's home in a higher rent district, that home's already occupied. Do you it, like this move for the Lions? I, here's, here's the thing. You take a look at the landscape, and who else is out there? If the Detroit Lions were like, okay, we're going to ride this out for the next couple of years and not be able to field the best team possible because this is a large part of our salary cap that's being eaten up, and we'll ride it out with Matthew Stafford. You take a look around, and who else would there be? Who else would there be? Really? Or or do you stick with – you renegotiate now. You cross your fingers that he is, in fact, the guy. 
because if you let him if you let him walk he's going to be 27 with seven NFL seasons under his belt. Yeah, but this much money in comparison to the production that you've gotten out of him so far after 4 years. 4 years is it's a, a going rate. It's a, a going rate. sample size. It's a going rate. And it's, he's throwing for what 4000 yards a year. It is a, this is the yeah, world this the, is the world in the NFL. It is a going rate. Or do you want to just say okay, um, you can't. You're not going to trade him. No. Okay. So you're going to stick with him for the next two years. But maybe not guarantee him what forty million dollars. But what are you going to do? 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 What are you going to? Well, I mean, <laughs> it is the going rate of a National Football League quarterback. I guess. But when you pay him that much, you're saying that he's among this elite level. When I mean, I guess to echo what Donovan McNabb saying, his production really hasn't shown that he deserves this $15 million a year deal. Well, then let's take a look at this then. Job at best has been a crucial loss for this team. You take a look at what they were. Yeah, he's kind of that Darren Sproles guy. Well, he's a little bit more than Darren Sproles. Yeah. I mean, although you have seen what Sproles has been able to do in, in New and Orleans. That's what I mean. But the balance that he provided... You remember they started 5-0? and You remember that? And that was the year that they made the playoffs. They started 5-0, and and they and, and they ended up basically post-Javid Best getting hurt, playing 500 and getting into the playoffs. Right. And then playing a, a Madden-type game in New Orleans. Crazy game. <laughs> it was like a video game. The week after they finished Week 17 in a video game-type game against Green Bay, that was the sixth Where touchdown Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn game, right? Broke every record that Favre and or Bart Starr and or Aaron Rodgers had ever held for a single game performance in Green Bay Packers history. Matt Flynn has those records. Your starting quarterback That's of the Oakland Raiders. Only by the way. career start, am I right? I think so. You want to look that up, I Alex? Will. Yeah. That's it's called research. It's not called guesswork. As NFL Network. Uh, Ex-NFL Network producer Bardia Shireas would say, now with Fox Sports 1. But that's the that's the issue that the Lions had to look at here. And you could sit here and say I get that he may not have all of the weapons. Now, I understand he's got maybe the prime weapon, an Optimus Prime. Of course. And Calvin Johnson. Mega, but Megatron. Megatron. Let's not confuse our Transformer metaphor. What is that? Uh, isn't he Optimus Prime? No, Optimus Prime is the good guy. Megatron is the, Megatron. the bad guy. But, oh, is but it, he calls himself Megatron. Who does he, who, is it anybody called Optimus Prime? Nobody's called Optimus Prime. Nobody's called Optimus Prime. That's not a great the, nickname, Not though. in the NFL. I don't think who, so. Who can we name Optimus Prime? We, we should start That's a out there. No, I know he's called Megatron, but I thought I, I thought he was also called Optimus Prime. No. Optimus, Optimus Prime and Megatron are not friends. Okay. No. Uh, Matt Flynn, two career starts, one in 2010 and one in 2011. Yeah. There you go. There you have it, everybody. So, oh, yeah, Matt Flynn started that game in New England. Oh, when Aaron Rodgers right. got, got a concussion against, against the, the Lions. Lions. Coming back. And Flynn damn near beat him. won Almost that game him. on Sunday Night Football. You're right. I remember that. Put the scare in you. That's yeah. when it didn't Dan Connolly rumble a, 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 a kickoff return? Dan Connolly return? had the... Like eighty-five yard kickoff kick return. return, almost took it back. He went right. down to like the four or something. And without that, they might have lost. <laughs> right? It's, that's that's true. Game-winning touchdown pass caught from caught by Aaron Hernandez in that game. Mm, yeah. Full circle stuff, Alex Wilk. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> 
the reason why I bring up Javid Best is not only just say that uh, that Stafford may not have had just the full complement of weapons, a balance that's required in the NFL for most quarterbacks. Obviously, there are some quarterbacks who don't need it. Brady's one, although that's neither here nor there because they do run the football in New England. People just don't talk about Second it Second most much. rush attempts in 2012. Peyton Manning, though, I mean, we've seen some quarterbacks fare well, but those are Mount Rushmore quarterbacks, Absolutely. of which Stafford has admitted even when he signed that the money that he's getting is not the most in the NFL, which a young quarterback could t- potentially hold out for and play out and do the and and get. I mean, he could have went Flacco on this deal, but he signed. He want. He, well, like he also he said, want, "I wanted to do the, what's right for the club because that's what of, I mean. because of his cap number. He wants it, to stay. It in had Detroit. to be addressed now for the Lions. That's my point. This had to be addressed now for the Lions. If you need to deal with cap number, and you, if you're going to be dealing with the cap number and reconfiguring it, you might as well tack on a few more years for such a young quarterback. The age you don't thing want for him to come up at age 27. Right. If you're the Lions, what are you going to just let him go? Or are you going to get a, somewhat of a little bit of a discount on a, on, on a rate of what the top tier quarterbacks are getting right now? It's a good move for both teams. I'm just that's questioning what I'm saying whether is he that you could it. sit here and that's the whole thing. Right. Is just like he's he's a guy who's who's got 17 career wins and and is ridiculously wealthy and. Those would be facts, and I these are this, you could call them facts. Yes, right. But I want to see what Reggie Bush looks like in this offense. Yep. No yep. one's really talking about this right Not now. Not yet. Nope. Because you take a look at this division and the two teams that made the playoffs last year, the Vikings and the Packers. People are going to be talking about with Adrian Peterson being the MVP. And obviously, Green Bay being Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers is now the highest paid player in the league. The Bears are always of intrigue. Now, post Erlacher, Mark Tressman's there for Jay Cutler. How will that look? No one's talking about the Honolulu Blue, and for good reason. They finished 4-12 last year. I want to see what Reggie Bush looks like in this offense. Right? Mikel LaShore is going to be there for year two. Yep. If Jim Schwartz can just keep everybody's head on straight. Yeah, they've and these guys cut the 15-yard penalties and dudes cut the stupidity and saddle up with this kid who does have an arm. That's not disputed. And he's got some heart. That's not disputed. The question is, neck up, can he go ahead and do this with this huge burden of a price tag on him now? And I want to see what Reggie Bush looks like here. Because he can really take this to a whole different level. I'm not talking about running between the tackles. I'm talking about being the type of guy that creates the matchup issues that should be there if you're focusing on Megatron. Which was kind of missing when Reggie was in New Orleans and Miami. I want to see how that looks. And then maybe we'll revisit the Stafford thing again. And a good defense, which their defense is improving, is only going to make Stafford look better. The team will be better. Because you can't – you take a look at these young quarterbacks. I mean, we talked about it with Dilfer last week on the last podcast. Yep. I mean, who really is going to – who's out there right now? Right? I mean, the year before is the year to get into the quarterback class. Then you start taking a look in the next couple of years. If you're the Lions and you need a cap space and you have to revisit this issue – and an agent's like, well, you need to tack on some years, and he's been your guy, 
and he could still be the guy. You got to do this move, even though you're sitting here thinking, how many? How many? Seven, how, what's, how many? He is seventeen and twenty-eight. And, what, and what's the math? It's, and what's the math? Well, the, with point, the guaranteed money that he's gotten, which is over eighty million now with this new deal, four point eight nine million per win. And I've brought this up many times on the show. I'll do it again. I was there with him and Sanchez the night before they were drafted in New York. Sanchez left that night to go back home to to Southern California before hopping right back to get back to New York because of the Jets trade to move up to get him. But he and Sanchez were together at an event, I believe, for Sprint that I was hosting. And I asked... In 2009. Yep, and I asked um, Stafford, who was going to be the clear number one overall pick the next day, even though he had no contract yet, I asked him how much money was in his wallet at that very moment. He said, I have no idea. I'm like, take it out. Took out his wallet, one single dollar in there. I'm like, how did you get here? How'd you get here? He said, you walked from the hotel. Different times now, man. We've got Kevin James on this show. Speaking Correct. of the Jets. Speaking of the Jets. Kevin James, Grown Ups 2 is coming out. Nice. Uh, and that's it. That's all we got. Light show this week, huh? It's a light show. There's other, some other things to talk about, well, too. Well, we were efforting some things that fell through. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> is, he on the, is Kevin James on the phone line? Yes. Let's get to him. Here he is. He is one of the stars of Grown Ups 2, uh, which hits your theater near you on Friday, July 12th. Also... Uh, as we have heard in his uh, appearances previously on this podcast, a big-time New York Jets fan. He is Kevin James, back on the Rich Eisen Podcast. How are you, Kevin? Rich, I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I am doing well. Let's talk Jets first before we get to this film. Where do you stand on the quarterback situation of your New York Jets right now, Kevin? Well, let me just first say, did I just see a picture in the paper today of Rex Ryan running with the Bulls? Yes, you did, did see that. You did see that. Okay, so good. I'm glad. I'm glad we're we're concentrating on what we need to do here at hand. That's that's important to go out and. Well, I think he's just preparing for the season, Kevin. If I may, uh, preparing to run from the bullshit. Perhaps yeah. that's what he. <laughs> I happen to agree with you. Uh, I, I don't know if it is a great time to be crossing things off your bucket list when you get a you know a bucket of crap back home to take care of. But I'm glad he's fulfilling his life and uh, doing what he needs to be done. Um, yeah, we're we're in trouble, man. You know, um, we are definitely we're, we're just we're just a mess. We just keep wrecking things and 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 just making a mess of things. And uh, you know, I don't know how to clean them up. You know, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say anymore. They just they're just all over the place. So you have a vote uh, of no confidence in Mark Sanchez right now as you're getting set for this season. No confidence in him. I, you know what? I can't. Not, at this time, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure of any of them, any of the quarterbacks right now that we have. I don't know. You know, uh, the fact that the, that whole, you know, Tebow debacle was just, uh, I don't know. I don't know the inner workings of it. I don't know why they didn't play him, why they didn't do this. I don't know what, what it is. Listen, I want to play the guy that's going to win and get us there. And if, 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 if there's a problem with it, uh, if that guy is not getting the job done, I have no problem in pulling him and putting someone else who is. You know, I mean, uh, I, I'm different. With, I, I understand there's got to be this thing where you want to go with the quarterback who knows your player and you build confidence. And I'm not saying you pull him out after one bad series of downs, but if if you're losing game after game after game, you, you've got to make a 
switch, man. You got to do it, you know, and, and try something different. And if that doesn't work, go with something different. That's why they but, went ahead, you know, maybe, and drafted this kid, Geno Smith, Kevin. Maybe right, that's what let's they're doing. what Geno does. I, exactly. You know what? Because, and, and by the way, even them, uh, and, and this is what I always felt about Tebow as well. You, you can practice with them all you want, but you see, and especially Tebow, Tebow was a guy who, when you're playing in a game, it's a different situation. And, and yes, you know, you, you have to gauge it on something, so you've got to look at their practice and how they play and perform and scrimmage and all that. But playing in a game is a different animal. And, and Tebow seemed to be a winner, and a lot of the things I've seen him do when, when, when it came down to it. Is he the greatest passer? No. Is he the greatest quarterback? No. You know, but he, he would grab that intangible. And, 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 and make things happen and at least give him a chance mm-hmm. to see if it would. You know, the, the plays they brought him in for, he, he, he did pretty good. He would grab a first down here or there and then they'd pull him out. And, and it was just very odd. It was weird. And I think towards the end, I think they were afraid to put him in because if he did do well then, <laughs> it would make them look horrible. He was such you know, a mess. It look, look like they made a mistake the whole time. It was such a mess. But are you of the Jets' mindset that now that Tebow is in New England and if he does get a chance – to maybe play like a Danny Woodhead role, something out of the backfield or even a tight end with their whole Hernandez situation should he choose to accept that mission. Are you of the Jets' mindset that Tebow is going to be awesome on the Patriots just because that's what happens? It just feels like it's heading that way, <laughs> you know. And i got to say, I'm, I'm not upset with that. Look, I'm a, I'm a Jets fan. I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, I, I just want, I want the best for our team. I really do. Mm-hmm. But I, I want this kid to do well, too. I like him. And, you know, I wouldn't be – tremendously upset if he did do well, you know, and he showed himself. I mean, we need to get smacked around the Jets. I think we're, we're, we're not learning from our mistakes here. We got to make decisions, stick with them. And then, and, and then kind of, you know, try different things if, if they're not working and, and, and be willing to make the shift. I think we hang on to things too long and, you know, you blow a season and then it, and then it's just done. <laughs> do you and Sandler commiserate about this every now and then? We, we, we do. It, it's tough. It's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. It's just depressing. It, uh, you know, and, and again, like I said, I don't want to make it sound like, well, if someone has a bad play, oh, pull them out, they stink, get rid of them, trade them. It's not that. It's You know the difference. You, th- th- there were games going by where it's like, hey, man, give this guy a chance and give other players a chance or make something happen. You have to. <laughs> what do you got to lose? That's right. Uh, in Grown Ups 2, you were at Sandler again, Chris Rock, David Spade, and Shaquille O'Neal, uh, with whom I saw you started the engines at the Daytona 500. Right. Uh, well, Shaq is uh, now. I've I've been told this many times that he is a real deal actor, comedic you actor. Would you is, agree with that yeah, assessment? Don't judge, don't judge him on Kazam. Do not judge him on Kazam. <laughs> okay. Rich Eisen, no, don't you dare do that. I would never judge Kazam in any way, shape, or form. He, I, it, and it's it's annoying. I've talked about it before, but when someone dominates one area of their life, and they're you know, uh, for him, it had to be professional basketball, and he was just so good at it. You feel like, all right, that's enough for somebody in a lifetime. But when he comes into like a different arena of comedy, and literally is just as good. I'm not. I'm not lying when I say he was on the set with us, and he was really banging out like funnier stuff than we were coming up with. He, he was really, really good. His timing was impeccable, and he, he would throw out funny stuff and improv different things. It me off i'm not lying it was like <laughs> really what else do you want what let's go let's try tennis next seriously what let's do something else let's, uh, poetry uh, i'm he's sure gonna crush poetry. <laughs> he probably would he's be good at both of them. guys 
exactly. And what is Dan Patrick like on the set, Kevin? Is he trying to we you know worm his way deeper into the Sandler world than he already has? I know that's that that's the phrasing carries a certain connotation with it, but right. what is DP like on the set? DP is, I am going to say, a, a, a professional at, you know, at, at the highest level. Oh, great. He really is. Uh, did he, I, look, was there things done behind the scenes for him to get the job between him and Sandler that may or may not be sexual? I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. You're not saying, you're all, just saying. That's all I'm saying. I right. Think you're reading. Are you reading? I'm blinking you a message right now. I know <laughs> this is a written talk show, but, but listen to me. I'm blinking you a message. Okay. And I think we know how. Dan yes. No. Okay. Patrick got through. It's okay. That's, all. That's good. But he's but a prof- on the set, by the way. Fantastic. Professional. He deserves it. What is it like? What is it like being paid to hang with your friends and do a sequel for a movie that the first iteration was a major success? What is that like? That's got to be like one of the greatest feelings you can have in your profession, Kevin. I would, I, in sports for you, Rich, I would equate it to coming back for that first practice after you've won the Super Bowl. or whatever. You know where you're kind of hanging out, having fun, you're back again, you're the team that won. It's, it's that feeling where you have that confidence, it's great to be there, you feel everything is good. You know what, though, each, each year or each movie, each season is a new test. So this one is a new test for us, though, grown-ups, too. I am very confident that it's, I think it's better than the first one. I think it's because of people like Shaq and Taylor Lautner and all these people we have in there. Right. I think this this movie is, is going to be funnier and, and, and crazier and, and better than the first. Would, so you, would you do a three? I, confident. Would you do a three? Huh? Would you do a three? A grown-ups three? You know, if, if yes, because you know why? The question, this, these grown-ups movies leave people thinking so much about life in so many different ways that they don't have the answers and they feel they feel almost it, it's a scary feeling to not know the answers that like we left people hanging in grown ups one they don't know now how to function in life <laughs> and we're going to give them the answers to that in grown ups two and grown ups two will teach you how to work towards grown ups three see you know it's it, it's very difficult and you don't want to miss one that's the key to it. It's hey. not like uh, you can't see this thing isolated. If you show <laughs> grown-ups too without seeing grown-ups, it's going to be very difficult. You know, hey, it's listen, casual. there's a reason why you and Sandler and Rock and Spade are successful at what you do. This is, you know, you didn't just fall off that old turnip truck. You're not just going to go. You're not just going to go chasing bulls willy-nilly in Spain. That's right. When not the like chips are down, you know, exactly. That's right. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when I saw that, by the way. <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest picture in the post that I've ever seen of his little face in, in the crowd. Hey, Kevin, I know you're uh, you're up against it, and I appreciate you giving us some time, as always, on this show. It's it's always great to have you on. And uh, Grown Ups 2, hitting the theaters Friday, July 12th. Everyone should go see that. Thank you so much for joining me, Kevin. Rich, you're always the best, and you're the greatest to us. Thank you, pal. I appreciate it. Anytime, bud. You got it. That's Kevin James on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Kevin James, everybody. Very, very funny. Very funny man. You know, all Jet fans, man, are just uh, smiles being their umbrella. <laughs> is that what it's called? That's what it is. That's Let the called. smile be your umbrella. Interesting. That uh, week two, NFL Network Thursday Night Football, Jets at Pats. 
How many times will we see the butt fumble replayed that week? Uh, I'm going to go over uh, well that week or in our in our two hour pregame show. <laughs> well, I mean that counts as the lead up, yeah, I guess. It still counts in the week. No, I you'll guess. be seeing it. We'll we- be seeing it. Don't forget though, the butt fumble happened on Thanksgiving night. Everyone remember that. But don't forget the Jets almost knocked off the Patriots in their first outing. First. And yep. had Hatton Sanchez played very well in that game, and had Stephen Hill, their rookie wide receiver, caught a pass, caught a pass that hit him in the bread basket <laughs> inside the red zone, they would have moved the sticks. Yep. And they would have basically taken the time off the clock required to boot the field goal that would have that would have wrapped the game up, as opposed to having to boot the field goal on the spot. And giving Tom Brady his requisite amount of time to march down the field and stick it where the sun don't shine in New York City, in New Jersey. And 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 again, just to bring this sort of full circle, there are all sorts of stories out there right now. Right. It's with an unnamed executive said this week that if you're playing the Patriots, you won't play them early yeah. this year. Play them early this year because of all the changes that are going right. on right now. I was going to say, we don't really know what the Jets and the Patriots will look like in week two. No. Well, you can guess more with the Jets and the Patriots. Yeah, but given what happened, might happen in week one, maybe Sanchez starts week one. Maybe. Sanchez, no, there's, there's no maybe. But maybe. There's no maybe in my mind. Okay, fine. Sanchez starts week one. Maybe he doesn't play well. Maybe Gino gets a look in week two. No chance. Yeah, I think Rex is going to wait till. I mean, it's no chance. There's no chance in my mind. You can't, but you can't say no chance. Sure, what, I can. I just he, did. What if he throws four <laughs> picks week one against the Bucks? Sure, I did. I just did. And the Patriots <laughs> okay. are, start, are, are opening at the Bills. Patriots are opening in Buffalo, and, and which is and, never easy. Hey, they got it. EJ Manuel is going to be the starter there, and I don't know how many. Again, again, I we just saw the the ultimate year of the rookie that we'll never see again. But True. you just have to figure that that's fresh meat for New England in Week One. You never know. You do never know. Look, New England went to Bills Buffalo Nation. one year, got shut out, and then went on to win the Super Bowl. So I mean, yeah, you, it was you, the right? Don't you remember that? That was the year that Lawyer Malloy was cut, right? And, and then Tom Jackson said that 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 it, Belichick had lost the team, right? And they lost thirty-one nothing. Yep. And then played Buffalo in the last game of the regular season and beat them by the same score before going on to win the Super Bowl. Of course. What I'm saying happened. is, you don't know what's going to. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nope. It's going to be fun. I know. And the season does open up. Ravens at Broncos, where Denver's now dealing right now with all sorts of craziness Ooh. with their front office. Man, two, oh man. Two, the two top, I guess, uh, evaluators of talent. Tom Heckert, the general manager, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the director of player personnel, Matt Russell. Both of them busted for uh, DUI within days of each other and uh on july june 11th was the director of pro personnel tom hackard and then on july 4th matt russell i mean rear-ending a parked marked police car that apparently according to a report on the tuesday that we're we're right now that we're talking about right now had pulled over so Russell's truck could pass him in order for him to pull him over. And he hit him. And he hit him going 40 miles an hour. And wow. And a a report 
from a local station in Denver. Now, we're quoting this report here. A local television station, ABC7 in Denver, said that the alcohol concentration in uh, the state of Colorado, the legal limit is 0.08%. That Matt Russell had an alcohol concentration of 0246 we do the math for you here. That's three times. Three times. The legal limit. That must have been some 4th of July party. Oh, my Lord. Uh, what I want to know I is... I mean, the season cannot begin <laughs> fast enough. If you're, uh, if you're a public figure, like this, these guys both are, you know that your coworker has just been busted for DUI less than a week before. Do they have Uber in, Denver, in, in Breckenridge? And, <laughs> and maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Isn't that a big city service? There's got is, uh, is, there has I mean, to be something. I mean, Denver people can caps. tweet us. They can tweet us to see if there's Uber. Do the, does the does the league offered car service apply to the coaches? Oh, I don't it know. has to. Has to. Yeah. It has to. Could you imagine? Because the the Broncos uh, send out a very strongly worded response, <laughs> but not nearly as strongly worded as Tom Nalen, the uh, Longtime offensive lineman of the Denver Broncos, who has a radio station, a radio show in Denver, he tweeted out: "Maybe if the Broncos were more proactive in dealing with Heckert on June 11th, Russell doesn't get the DUI." And then he tweeted, "Cowards." Now, I don't, I don't agree with that. That's, I mean, you know, people are going to. I think. Fault. No. I don't know. Is Matt Russell at point two four whatever thinking? You know, I, I don't think he's thinking quite clearly before he gets behind the wheel of a car. I don't think he would have thought twice. Well, I know what happened to Tom, so I'm not going to get by. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me call a cab. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> man, oh man. Then, then, then he, he's like, if if they had come down harder, he doesn't. He, I believe Matt doesn't make that mistake last week, and maybe I'm wrong. I do think he's wrong. And then uh, he tweeted out <laughs> apologies to Denver, the Broncos, who you know was run by the guy he won two championships with, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I think he said he apologized Denver saying, uh, quote, unquote, uh, maybe it's the CTE talking. Oof. Another shot. Shots <laughs> fired. Wow. Wow. Games cannot no. come fast enough. <laughs> Training camp cannot come fast enough. Well, that's almost here. And and now here's the one that really got my goat. Really upset me. Not number one, obviously. The Hernandez one is, is something that I wring my hands about. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this one really got me. Lance Easley. Does that name ring a bell to you? Yes. Alex Wilk. He is the replacement <laughs> referee. Oh, of course. Who so, lifted both hands. Someone sent me, a Packer fan sent me a very angry email about, lifted, the, about this. L- lifted both his hands to rule touchdown on what is called the uh, touchception, the fail Mary. I prefer fail Mary. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the fail Mary camp. Yeah. The one who essentially, uh, even though the league denies it, helped end the lockout of, of uh, the real referees pretty much on the spot. Yeah. Although it probably was the one-two punch, the whammy of the way that the Patriots-Ravens game had ended that Sunday night on NBC. Right. With the ball going... Maybe over the goalpost, or right. but, and and yeah. Belichick chasing down one of the replacement refs and and laying hands on him. And we've talked about this so many different times that the reason why, if you recall, that the 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 league was sending out notes to the coaches to say, "Calm down, everybody. 
everybody's got to relax. Just let's take it down a notch. And the reason why that the coaches were so nuts is because in addition to the responsibilities of being a head coach, they felt that they had to, they were helping in the administration of the game because these replacement refs were so um, insufficient. Yeah, those three weeks, you never seen the coaches act that way. Toward, mm-hmm. toward I mean, officials. everyone was out on the numbers. Oh, absolutely. There was no, there was no sideline. The sideline <laughs> essentially ended at the numbers. So at any rate, Lance Easley was the umpire at Richard Sherman's celebrity softball game. And there's pictures of him smiling, and he's in it. He's in it in a referee uniform with his hands up, smiling. He's got a book coming out too. The Seahawks, the team that won that game, also employ Richard Sherman. Packer fans are really upset. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> this is a crazy ass time of year, man. Yep. The non-playing season, Rich Lance Easley has a book coming out. Talking about how, you know, you de- you deal with difficulties, mistakes, and, and come on, man. I didn't read somebody. I, I just I, I refuse to retweet the link that somebody sent me because I'm not. Yeah, so yeah. Wow, who's buying that book? I don't <laughs> know. Nobody in was. He should not have a his book tour should not go through Wisconsin. Let's put it that way. Let's put it the, the Barnes and Noble in Lacrosse. Is not a place I would target. I mean, that book to tour. Sign some books. That book tour begins and ends in Seattle. The uh, o- yeah. the yeah. The, the West Coast, you might be. The Eau Claire, right. the Eau Claire book nook <laughs> should be stricken from the list, right? Yeah. I know Borders doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, Borders is out. What other bookstores? I don't think there's no anymore. big chain. Uh, you know what? Also, sporting anymore, goods right? stores are it, going down. G- too. Good yeah. luck finding one of them. Yep. Because oh, you go online. You want something, you go online. But you still have to, you know, put your foot in a pair of shoes, yeah. your hand in an actual glove to see I, if it fits. I don't like online shopping because I like to try the stuff. Everything yeah. fits differently. Like a medium in one brand is not the same as a medium in another brand. Sage words. <laughs> words to live by. <laughs> Do we have anything else or are we done? That's all I'm saying. That's all I got. A fun show. Well, I can get you an international shout Do out. Do it. Well, I say you thanks want, to Kevin James. A few, few seconds Go here. see Grown Ups 2. Rock, Spade, Sandler. We're not going to read any of uh, Chris Law's tweets, huh? What? Are, what? Are, well, should we? Well, he's got some classics. Well, he almost missed his flight. Yeah, the other that's day. that's the one I'm. Yeah, I know he had a really. 6:30 flight that he showed up for at like 5:58. Yeah. Why are you tweeting that out to let management know how close you were to missing your flight? <laughs> What's he doing? What's the latex salesman doing? And then the sh- and then the shot of him and his Fu Manchu mustache. That was the, when you. To <laughs> which my response was one: get a razor. Two: please put on a shirt. Yeah. By the way, to answer your poll question, I did not download last week's show. <laughs> I did not. But, how'd you but know, I saw I saw some tweets. But how did you know I about the poll some, question? I saw them. Well, I saw the poll question. Okay. Okay. I mean, I do check out the blog. Right. And I voted no. <laughs> so I voted no. I like that you participated. I did not. Yes, I participated in the blog question, but I did not download last week's show. I did check the Twitter. Many people saying uh, kudos to you, and others were saying, you know, what are you talking about food for? 
that oh, you were going on and on about well, we were most talking inconsequential to, things. No, we were talking. It was topical. We were talking about our Fourth of July barbecues. Okay. And then I started talking about summer movies, and Law goes, "Yeah, I saw Spider Man from last summer." Like, come on. So, you're like 2013 summer movies, you're, right? And he brought you're up trying to stay in the moment. And he brought up 2012. Yeah. How? Hey, how about Independence Day? That was a great summer movie. Love it. From was a good movie. Long time ago. From 97. And the same guy who does Independence Day did The White House Down. So I, can he make a movie without destroying uh, <laughs> the White House? Rolling and like blowing it up. Apparently. He made 2012 too, didn't he? Yeah. yeah where I think he, something he blow, similar blow all he's, sorts he's of stuff. He's destroying up. everything. All right, give me, give me the, the shout out, please. Uh, Mike Musto. Musto88, catching up on the Warren Moon podcast in Gran Canaria. Any chance of an international shout out? And he tweets me a picture. Looks like he's lounging by the pool with an oceanside view. So thank you, Mike. Okay. Attaboy. Uh, Law's back next week, right? We think. It's Espy week here in Los Angeles, which means we should get some good guests. We'll pick them off. Hasselback coming back? I don't know. Should, he, I, should I text him? Yes. <laughs> Call your brother uh, in arms. Maybe I will. He tweeted uh, something today about a hike. He was out on a hike or His something. His sister-in-law is going from the view to Fox and Friends. No. Oh. That was big news on this day. Um. So, yeah, check it out. We're, we're, we're efforting some guests. Excellent. Always, always a fun week out here in LASB week. There you go. Uh, Alex at Alex C. Wilk. You got it. Okay. At uh, Chris Brockman. Absolutely. Uh, I am at Rich Eisen for At The Eisen Podcast signing off. And for all of us here at the Medill School of Journalism, thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen. Stay listening, dear friends.